welcome to episode 118 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes the object so interesting to astronomers. So, I will now turn on the random number generator. The coordinates for this episode are 15 hours, 21 minutes, 32.2 seconds right ascension, and negative 7 degrees, 24 minutes, 48 seconds declination. These coordinates point to Supernova 2005-CF, which is a supernova that appeared on May 28, 2005 in the constellation Libra. As a quick reference, supernovae are typically given names that include the year in which the supernovae were seen, and one or more letters indicating the chronological order in which those supernovae were seen, with capital A being the first one seen in a year, capital B being the second, and so on through Z. The 27th supernova in a year gets labeled AA, and those are both lowercase a's. Then the next is AB, and those are both lowercase letters again, and so on through AZ. And then this process repeats, starting with BA and going through BZ, and then starting with CA, and so on. This means that Supernova 2005-CF was the 84th supernova seen in 2005. A combination of technological advances and organizational activities have meant that, in this century, many supernova monitoring programs are in place and are going to catch supernovae soon after they appear and those supernovae can potentially be observed very extensively at multiple wavelengths. With Supernova 2005-CF, we know that it appeared in a structure of stars and gas joining the galaxies MCG-01-39-003 and NGC 5917. This structure is called a tidal bridge, and it formed from the gravitational interactions between the two galaxies. Supernova 2005-CF has been classified as a type 1a supernova. That's a large Roman numeral 1 and a lowercase a. Generally, supernovae are classified as one of two types based on whether hydrogen is detected in the supernovae spectra. When most people think of a supernova, they probably think of a thing that started off as a really big blue star that initially fused hydrogen into helium in its core, but when the core filled up with helium, it fused the helium into carbon and oxygen, and later fused that to form heavier elements until the star's core filled up with iron. Iron cannot be fused to produce energy, so at this point, the star initially collapses, and then a rebound shock wave causes the star to explode. These types of supernovae are type 2 supernovae. That's a Roman numeral 2. These are the supernovae where hydrogen is detected because the explosion passes through an outer layer of hydrogen. Supernova 2005-CF is not at all like this. Instead, 
Supernova 2005CF and most Type 1A supernovae like it are formed in binary systems which contain one white dwarf closely orbiting a larger star such as a sun-like star or a red giant. The two stars in one of these systems are initially so close together that the white dwarf can gravitationally strip the gas from the outer layers of the other star. I feel like I've been talking about this type of thing a lot lately. Anyway, as a reminder, a white dwarf is the inert core of carbon and oxygen left over when the sun-like star dies. The carbon and oxygen normally cannot undergo fusion to form heavier elements because it does not have enough mass. However, if the white dwarf strips enough gas from its companion to get over a mass of about 1.4 times the mass of the sun, the carbon will be able to undergo very rapid fusion, which will cause the white dwarf to completely explode leaving behind nothing but its companion star. Generally, no hydrogen is detected in this type of supernova because it involves very little hydrogen, and this is the type of event that produced supernova 2005CF. However, compared to other type 1A supernovae, supernova 2005CF is especially noteworthy for two reasons. First, it occurred in an ideal location to study it. It formed in a structure between two galaxies that is relatively devoid of interstellar dust that could have obscured the light from the supernova, and it appeared in the Earth's sky in a location where the interstellar dust from our galaxy is relatively thin and therefore does not affect the supernova's light. Additionally, the supernova which is at a distance of 91.0 million light-years, or 27.9 megaparsecs, is relatively close in terms of supernovae. However, aside from the location of the supernova, astronomers were also sufficiently organized and sufficiently successful at writing science proposals to get a huge amount of observational data for supernova 2005CF in the ultraviolet, visible, and infrared parts of the electromagnetic spectrum over a period of three months. This gave everyone detailed information on the exact spectrum of supernova 2005CF and on how the supernova faded over time. This data has been critically important for measuring the distances to other type 1A supernovae. Astronomers have been using type 1A supernovae to measure distances to other galaxies, and this is possible because all type 1A supernovae are very similar objects. They all occur when the white dwarf in the binary star system goes over the same mass limit of about 1.4 times the mass of the Sun and explodes. This means that type 1a supernovae all produce very similar amounts of light. Although people have found that the amount of light that type 1a supernovae produce is linked to how quickly they fade, but the amount of light produced is still very predictable. Therefore, by measuring the brightness of a type 1a supernovae as seen from Earth and using this information on how much total light the supernova should produce, astronomers can calculate the distances to the supernovae. Because supernova 2005CF was so close and so very well studied, astronomers were able to create detailed templates of the spectrum of the supernova that could be used in comparison to other type 1a supernovae to improve people's abilities to measure the distances to those other objects. This has been especially important for studying the expansion of the universe. 
A few years before Supernova 2005-CF appeared, astronomers have been using observations of other Type 1a supernovae to show not only that more distant galaxies were moving away from the Milky Way faster than closer ones, which we would expect from the standard version of the Big Bang Theory, but also that the expansion appeared to be accelerating, which we would not expect from the standard version of the Big Bang Theory. This acceleration led to the inference of the presence of a weird force associated with voids in space called dark energy, and it eventually led to a Nobel Prize for three of the countless number of people who worked on this research. The data from Supernova 2005-CF has been very important for improving people's abilities to make the distance measurements needed to infer the presence of dark energy. And while the supernova faded away many years ago, its data will live on in astronomy for years to come. So that's my summary of Supernova 2005-CF and the location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of Supernova 2005-CF in the sky is a little over 1,000 kilometers east-northeast of the Marquesas Islands in the Pacific Ocean. It's kind of hard to keep on coming up with interesting things to say about random patches of the Pacific Ocean. At least this random location seems to be occasionally visited by fishing boats, but I would be hard-pressed to say anything more interesting about it. The website for this podcast is www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can visit the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, look up additional reference information, and send me random feedback. Also, just to let people know, I recently updated the podcast webpages. Take a look and let me know what you think. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de and the sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening. 